A good haircut can be a game changer. I mean, everybody wants to look their best for those social media pics, right? So get yourself to Sport Clips at Sport Clips Haircuts. They hair do like no one else hair does. See what they did there? Not only is it the home of champion haircuts, but they've also made relaxing and unwinding the name of the game. Level up your haircut with the MVP haircut experience. It's a spa day for your follicles. Check this out. You get a seven pressure point massaging shampoo along with a perfectly steamed hot towel all while sports plays on the TV. Does it get any better than that? No. You can want it all and have it all at Sport Clips. It's a game changer. I know you have heard this before. Work smarter, not harder. Ford has heard it too. That's why the Ford F-150 truck helps you get the job done in the smartest way possible. I mean, the pro-access tailgate alone is a game changer. It improves access to the bed and cargo, which makes it easier to load in tight spaces. See? Smarter. It's also got a mobile power source in Pro Power on board, so you can power up to 7.2 kilowatts outside your F-150 truck. That is definitely working smarter. And imagine what you can do with that power at your next tailgate party. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Find your local Ford dealer at Ford.com. Pro access tailgate available starting spring 2024. See owner's manual for important operating instructions. The following program is a PodcastOne.com production. He's a world champion wrestler, best-selling author, actor, and lead singer of Fozzie. Now, now he's rocking the podcast world. Yay! This, this, this is Talk is Jericho. Talk is Jericho. Starring Chris Jericho. Welcome to Talk is Jericho. The part of thunder and rock and roll. The spell you're under. Has been broken by Chris Jericho. The People's Podcast has arrived. The remedy for boredom is here. Let's go for a ride.
wanted to kick it off with a rocking tune from the Sin and Bones record. That is the title track, Sin and Bones by Fozzie, my band. Wanted to play it for all of you because you're here because you want to rock. Metallica, Robert Trujillo. I got such a jam-packed show for you. I'm not going to waste time telling you anything else. I want to just get to it because Rob is one of the greatest bass players for one of the greatest bands of all time, Metallica. He's working on a very cool documentary project about one of the bassists that most influenced him, Jaco Pistorius. He's also got some details about where Metallica stands with their new studio album, some great tales about their tour to Antarctica. They're the only band that's played seven continents, all seven continents. That's Metallica for you. They do what they want, when they want, because they're Metallica. He's also got plenty of stories from his days in suicidal tendencies, infectious grooves, Ozzy. We trade Lars imitations. There's so much stuff coming up. And also, I want to give you guys a quick thanks to all of the Talk is Jericho sponsors, including Amazon. Thanks to them, and a big thanks to you guys for doing your online shopping through my Amazon links. Easiest way to support Talk is Jericho. You just go to podcastone.com. You click on the Keep Our Podcast Free banner at the top of the page. Then you hit the Talk is Jericho button. Every time you use one of my Amazon links, Amazon kicks back a couple bucks to the show to help us cover production costs. I got links for Amazon USA, Amazon UK, Amazon Canada. A You get all kinds of cool stuff on Amazon. You can get Metallica records, posters, shirts, books, whatever you want. You get Death Magnetic, their last record. You get uh, Through the Never. They're amazing... Uh, IMAX movie that they made uh, just a couple years ago. You got to check that out. Also, you can pick up the new Fozzie record, Do You Want to Start a War? The new single is Do You Want to Start a War? It's all over the radio. The video is available on YouTube starring Arena Viranova. She's a gorgeous, gorgeous Playboy playmate. She's in the in the video with me. She didn't talk to me, but she was in the video. I can also get my new book, the third New York Times bestseller that I've written. It's called The Best in the World at What? I have no idea. Listen, you want to check it out? People are saying it's the best Jericho book that I've done you be the judge you check it out listen you can buy anything you want about some new trace knee pads today on amazon about a, a scarf with some sequins in it for the live show uh, so many cool things i want to check out about uh, the macho man randy savage new dvd uh, that's very very interesting macho man of course getting into the wb hall of fame huge huge news so much stuff you can check out on Amazon, but the truth is when you use my Amazon links, you buy whatever you want, not going to cost you anything extra, no hidden fees or extra challenges. So if you happen to be doing some online shopping, do it through my Amazon links and help out this show in the process. You go to podcastone.com, you click on the Keep Our Podcast free, banner at the top of the page, eh? then you hit the Talk is Jericho button, bookmark it so you can get those links in one easy click. All right. A little bit more business. The Y2J WWE Winter Tour continues. It's been such a huge success. Had great shows last week in St. Louis, Las Vegas, Houston. And they continue this Friday, the 23rd in Trenton, New Jersey. Uh, it'll be your last chance to see me in the ring for a while. And also your last chance to ever see me or anybody else from the WWE in East Rutherford, New Jersey at Meadowlands. It's all, now it's called the IZOD Center. That's on Saturday, uh, the 24th. They are tearing down the IZOD Center. It's going to be a sad, sad day. But come on down. Check it out for the last time. I know Dave LaGreca, my buddy from Busted Open, is going to be there. Everyone's going to be there. It's going to be a huge, huge, crazy, crazy night. And also the next day on the 25th in Philadelphia at Dave and Buster's, it's the great debate. Eric Bischoff versus Bruce Pritchard in a debate about the Monday Night Wars with yours truly moderating it. You get your tickets for that at rfvideo.com. You can uh, also come meet me at a special VIP meet and greet at 10 a.m. on Dave and Buster's Columbus Avenue in Philadelphia, rfvideo.com. For all information, you're not going to want to miss the great debate. 
debate. It's going to be huge. And then the Y2J Winter Tour continues. Edmonton, Calgary, Jacksonville, Canton, Tampa, Fort Myers, Madison Square Garden, Toronto, Buffalo. Go to WWE.com for all information on that. All right. Time to get down to business. You know we got Robert Trujillo on, but before we put Robert on, I got another special guest. I don't know if you've seen this YouTube video or not, but there's a two-year-old little boy named Beckett Sage who can identify any pro wrestler's theme just by hearing a few notes. And I I heard about this from his dad. Uh, I saw the video. I didn't think we'd be able to... to, to, I didn't think it was real. I didn't think the kid could actually do this. He is a uh, a wonder kind. He's a prodigy. He reminds me of Ash the Fish Expert when Ash the Fish Expert was two and could name any shark that there was. But I saw Beckett do his video, and I wanted to try and get him into the studio to see if he could do it in person. I did. And this is what happened. Uh, we're here with the Wexel family. It's uh, Evan and uh, and Kelly and their son Beckett. And Beckett has become an internet sensation. How old is he? He's two and three quarters. He's He'll be th- three in April. Three in April. Yeah. And he has a superpower of he is able to identify any WWE wrestler's theme song within seconds. Yes. Of you playing the theme. And uh, you were showing me a little bit of it before. There is no picture no. of the guys on the screen. It's just completely by listening. Right. Two seconds and he's got it. How did you figure this out that he could do this? I think we were just like watching wrestling just every Monday. He would just be sitting with me. Then he would start like about six months ago. He started picking up what the actual – he'd match the music and the wrestler. Uh-huh. So then when I uh, – we were just home one night. I'm like, let me just – Father son time. Let's just film him uh-huh. doing doing like twenty songs in two minutes. We did it. I held on to it, and then I put it up there. And I like a couple days, you know, got some good traction, like maybe two thousand in three days. But then once WWE saw it and they posted it to you know their endless followers and Facebook likers and YouTubers, it was it blew up. How did you get the yeah. WWE's attention uh, that he had done this? Um, I just sometimes it's really just you send. It's the reason superstars tweet their retweet fans things you just you send it to the right people and they retweet it and then all of a sudden that gets retweeted 200 times and they got a hold of it, it. just it just yeah it is like a virus well, it is actually stephanie got a hold of it oh, and okay. she retweeted it and then it exploded and then vince mcmahon actually he said something about it on twitter too well, and he then wrote then his own got, tweet about yeah, the he video he made it. like a link to the video hashtag pg and that he's and, like uh, the youngest <laughs> fan oh okay yeah and so now you're kind of like wwe endorsed yes we are we are i guess hopefully i'm the official father figure of wwe <laughs> they definitely have um, brought beckett into the family stuff and it was like he's our, he's in our family now did they bring you to you mentioned they brought you to stanford right because yeah. we're, we're both from long island so mm. we happen to be uh, going back home that day, that week, and, mm-hmm. the, and Monday we got into New York, and then Wednesday it was blowing up. So I was like, let me email somebody and see if they want to do a little, you know, PR tour thing. Sure. So they did. We met up on a Thursday. We we got you know photoed on the roof, and then we got led around the hallways and, and the cafeteria <laughs> and all that. And then we met Stephanie, and then she's like, you know, have you met my husband? And then and we weren't planning to meet him, but then she brought us up to him, and you know they were taking photos the entire time, and. We actually – I should have brought a copy of our holiday card. We made it where it's like this holiday season, look around and always know you can upgrade. And it's a picture of Beckett with Stephanie and Triple H as his new family. As like we're out of the picture. <laughs> You're done. He, he is the authority's the offspring now. And, and has he ever been to a wrestling show before? Yes. Yes. They just – we just went to Staples House Show. Okay. House Show Staples. 
Because that's where we saw we saw Paul, Paul Stanley in the first row, was it, where just, it was him and his wife and, and his son. And were you guys uh, sitting in the front row too? Yeah, we were in the front row. Right on. It was crazy. Like we had we had a. Like Randy Orton's girlfriend was next to us, I think, in the front yeah. row, and but it was cool. Like R- Luke Harper and Ziggler led off the show, and like Harper looks right at Beckett, and he's like, "This one's for you, kid." And then he drops an elbow on Dolph. <laughs> who's awesome. Who's Beckett's favorite? Um, early Hi, on, Beckett. Early on, it was like it was probably Bo Dallas because he kept saying, "All you could, all you have to do is Bo leave." That was uh-huh. from the first video. So I would always do that. If you ever got cranky, I would be like, "Beckett, all you have to do is Bo leave." But uh, Beckett, would, do you, Beckett, do you believe? He's like, what are you he's, looking at? He's like, it's better to be. He wouldn't stop talking before, and then mom gave him a little video game there to play. He likes to, he likes the the talking Tom, where it like repeats gotcha. whatever you say. Yeah. So Bo Dallas is his favorite, but but you're saying, no, let, me, let me get this straight. I haven't seen the videos. Okay, uh, and you're telling me, yes, that he can identify any wrestler by the theme song within a few seconds. Less. Past, present, or future, or then, now, and forever, as they say. Sometimes on it's the signature. literally the first note. Really? The so song. you're saying you're saying he could do this now? Yeah. yeah. Like if the really? if you start yeah. to hear a chainsaw, he would say page within like point three seconds. Really? Yes. Well, what if I say I wanted you to prove it? We'll do it. We got. Well, yeah, let's break Beckett, it out. Oh, we'll, we'll, okay, we'll put, we'll put a laptop in here. Becca, do you want to talk about some wrestlers? Yeah. <laughs> do you know who I am? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's try it out. The Big Show. I am a ghost. Paige. The Ziggler. The Ziggler. We, the people. <laughs> Jack Swagger. The man. Mouth. Rock. Who's that, Beckett? Brock Lesnar. Uh, <laughs> Brock Lesnar. <laughs> Who's this? Bo Dallas. Yeah. Bo Dallas? You know, I don't even know Bo Dallas. Undertaker. <laughs> oh. The Undertaker. Oh. starting to sing the song, actually. Who is this? Who's that, Beckett? Brady Orton. Oh, good. Brady Brian. Oh, good. Daniel Bryan. <laughs> Kane. Oh. Kane, that's good. Triple H. That's right. Yeah, right. Who's that's this? Great. Yeah, good. There you go. <laughs> Who's that? Who's that? Let's see. Seamus. Yes. Seamus. John Cena. Wow. Uh, okay, let's do another one. Cena. McLair. Okay. <laughs> Rick Flair, that's right. McLair. CM Punk. Okay. Wow, old CM Punk, yeah, too. That's the old one. Choco Sink. Okay, let's do a couple more. Who is that? Jake the Snake. Jake the Snake. <laughs> You're the warrior. Oh. That's right. John Michaels. John Michaels. That's yeah. good, yeah. Um, That's a man. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, who is this? Goldust. Oh, Goldust. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care what y'all say. 
Stratus. Trish Stratus, good. Hulk Hogan. Okay. Los Jawas. New Age Outlaws. <laughs> you think you know me? Edge. Yeah, Bushwhackers. Just wanted to hear him say Bushwhackers. Bushwhackers. <laughs> Big tire. And? And. And who else? Yeah, stay music. <laughs> Good. Good. Really dollar man. Yeah. <laughs> Rem Stereo. Good. Who's that? Ray Mysterio. Ray Mysterio, yeah. man. Diesel. Yes. Who is it? Diesel. Diesel. <laughs> Diesel. It's good, Beckett and, Diesel. And our newest inductee. Macho Man. Yeah, Macho Man Randy Savage. There we go. Oh, that is absolutely unbelievable. Beckett, you're amazing. You're a superstar. Look, I'm clapping for you. I'm clapping for you. He's got a big smile on his face. That is the most incredible thing uh, I've heard. It reminds me of my son, Ash. Uh, yes. When he was two, I call him Ash the Fish Expert because he, uh, he knew every shark. Oh At the age gosh. of two, like Becca does, he would say, like, wall and gang shark or nurse shark or lemon shark or cookie cutter shark. You never know what it's no. going to be to catch kids' interest and why they're going to just just jump on this like that. Yeah. You know? Well, Evan's really happy that this is what caught his interest. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Does he know what he wants to be when he grows up? No idea. I mean, he's already doing somersaults, like, off the couch, so who knows? <laughs> I saw him in there. I've had him, like... You know, I, I, I tweeted Rob Van Dam, and I'm like, this kid's working on this Rolling Thunder. And uh, he actually got to meet RVD because there was like a wrestling-themed comedy show. Oh, okay. So uh, he got to meet him afterwards because Rob RVD, I think, headlines it. That's great. So, uh, it and now great. he's on Talk is Jericho. He's ready to hit the superstardom now. Oh, he's Get ready. ready. He's been wearing shades and signing autographs within no time. We appreciate you coming down. The Wexel family here live on Talk is Jericho. Beckett, you're the man. Woohoo! Say goodbye. Yeah. Oh, yay! All right. <laughs> How amazing was Beckett? I mean, he wasn't just looking at pictures either. He was listening to the theme songs. Just uh, off, uh, his dad was playing them off of a, uh, a laptop, and he just heard the songs and named who who, who the wrestler was that, that came out to those songs within seconds. He's a wonder kind. Reminds me of Ash the Fish Expert when he was a kid, uh, naming all the sharks. So so cool. Uh, almost unbelievable. I didn't think uh, Beckett could really do it, but he did. Uh, it was very incredible. And speaking of incredible, I've got Robert Trujillo from Metallica coming. All right, there are some seriously talented luchadors in AEW, and not all of them speak English, which can make putting together matches a little challenging sometimes. That's why I signed up for Rosetta Stone. I'm learning Spanish, amigos. Amigas, see, already learning. Haha, Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program. You don't even have to learn Spanish, though, because Rosetta Stone has 25 languages, including French, German, Korean, Arabic, and Polish, and Japanese. That's what I'm going to do next. I spent a lot of time in Japan, and I still work with a lot of Japanese wrestlers at AEW like Takeshita. So having a better handle on the language will definitely show in the ring. Communication is key. And learning Spanish on Rosetta Stone has been so fun and easy. They've got this true accent feature that gives you feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. Sort of like having a personal trainer for your accent. I'm using the app, but you can also do the lessons on desktop or laptop. I also like that I can download the lessons and do them offline, which is perfect for a plane. I can sit there on a flight and work on my Espanol. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. 
For a very limited time, Talk is Jericho listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash Jericho. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash Jericho today. That's rosettastone.com slash Jericho. Do it today. This is Talk is Jericho. All right, we're sitting here uh, in the studio across the way from uh, from Rob Trujillo, which I used to think your name was Trudgelio when I used to see the, in the credits for Infectious Grooves. Right, yeah. My, it's funny because the first recording I ever did, which was uh, probably back in 87, I recorded on some weird dance song that never saw the light of day, but they wrote my name on the uh, single try yellow so it was yeah t-r-i-y-e-l-l-o try yellow the first uh the first time i wrestled here um like early 90s i came down drove from calgary to pomona california to flea market and they pronounced my name as and coming to the ring it was like a spanish flea market chris erichico but what's your full name i love when you say the full thing well my my uh, my real full name or my uh fictitious uh funkified full name well what's your well, sarcipious well, well, name yeah. oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> my name is roberto agustin trujillo miguel santiago san juan veracruz de tijuana <laughs> And I get people in Mexico saying, hey, man, you know, Roberto from Tijuana, from Veracruz, especially when they're drunk, man. Oh, jeez. That was pretty uh, pretty rad, that Sarsipius and the original Infectious Grooves. Yeah. Did you know all that stuff was going on there when you were when you were recording it? Well, you know, that, that was a really kind of just a fun, wild time. Um, Sarsipius and I used to joke around. This was before we ever recorded anything with him and uh, I remember I was I had this little house in uh, Venice that I was remodeling myself just uh, hood rat style you know just ripping things you know <laughs> ripping out ceilings and yeah. drywall and all that and he would work with me on that and then we just started joking around and I would come up with these funky bass lines and we'd have these uh, outro I'd have a outro uh, that was back in the the voicemail tape era mm-hmm. right and uh, my outgoing, tape that you yeah, yeah, and my outgoing message was me playing like a funky bass line, and then Sarsipius would, you know, you know, leave your message after them, you know, all that stuff, <laughs> yeah. you know. And we do these skits basically. Uh-huh. And then when the first Infectious uh, album uh, came to be, we uh, decided to experiment with something in the studio, and it was really kind of just, you know, by the seat of our pants, kind mm-hmm. of improv, and it was really cool. Uh, Mike Muir was uh, did he play Sarsipius? No, no, there is a Sarsipius. Oh, there actually there is, is a Sarsipius. Yeah, that was the guy that, I, that my, my buddy who I do uh, <laughs> construction with, you know, various odd jobs. Um, we're remodeling my place and we started doing these skits and then it ended up being on my voicemail tape and it got... Oh, so to, that was really a guy? Yeah. I that thought was, we thought that was Mike Muir no, just no. on a voice or something. And then, and then people started calling my, my, uh, my home and leaving... And they wouldn't even leave messages. They just listened to the outgoing, you know, because it would change every week, <laughs> yeah. you know, so... I used to... It, was, it, was, it became like almost a cult thing, like, I'm so yeah. serious, you dummy! Yeah, yeah. I need a hairdresser! Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> you know. And that was all, imp- you know, improv. 
improvised. Man, man, it was yeah, it was one of those things. It was so weird and wacky yeah. that the kids just yeah. just latched on it. You know, yeah, it was it was definitely a, a fun time. <laughs> yeah. Fun time for music and fun yeah. time for stuff like that. You know. Last time I saw you was uh, a side stage, actually behind in the cockpit, Lars's cockpit at, mm-hmm. at Perth Soundwave two years ago. Oh, okay, yeah. And, yeah. You uh, were jamming there, that's we right. We were playing there, yeah. that's right, yeah. And then Lars, the first show I saw, because uh, remember like Soundwave is really cool because everyone travels, at least all of us did, you guys had your own plane, but you'd do the show and then leave after. So I only got to see two of your gigs, one mm-hmm. was on the side and the other one, Lars was like, come into the cockpit, right. which was so weird because you're watching it through this grate. Right. You know, they can see like some people and I say, yeah. oh, there's Rob's ass, it looks cool. Yeah, right. right. But um, now you got to come hang on my side. That's man. next time. I got yeah. to Rob's world. I know Rob. I know. I know Lars has got the couches and the, the vodka <laughs> and everything. But uh, yeah, but there's no one on my side. So, no, yeah, come on, man. You probably have the most yeah. room on your side yeah, too. You but know. you guys have, have nonstop touring, especially internationally. Yeah. And something that I just blew my mind, and I haven't got a chance to see the whole uh, documentary yet, is when you guys went to Antarctica right. to be the only band that ever played on seven continents. Yeah. yeah that yeah. that's. I mean. I saw some of the clips, and you were like, "Was it like a biodome or something like?" That? What was the well, mindset behind even doing that show? And, and tell tell me about that. Well, you know, interesting thing about that. Before we even set out to do that, I remember uh, we we're talking about crazy things that we could do. You know, mm-hmm. it was something. It was this conversation was something like that, and James had thought, "You know what? We should play Antarctica." You know, and it was probably <laughs> half in jest. You yeah. know, like just what else messing around do? and uh, and. Lo and behold, a few months later, uh, uh, middle management, you know, sends us an email saying, hey, you want to play Antarctica? You know, it was just kind of a weird thing. I think a lot of that happens uh, in our world, you know, um, get these special opportunities and, uh, and um, you know, also we like challenges. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you were familiar with the 30-year anniversary oh, show. I was there. I you, saw you there. Right. Yeah. And at the we, Fillmore. I mean, that was crazy because I remember when Lars asked us, you know, hey, you know, we should try and do something special for the 30-year anniversary. Let's hold – maybe have an event somewhere. We didn't know where it was going to be, but it was like, you know, the the concept of flying in, um, you know, different various um, – all the musicians. guys that you had done covers yeah, of, you're that, flying the real guys Yeah, in. you're flying them in from all over, you know, the planet. And, and that was pretty insane, you know. So, and, and obviously, a gig like that, no one's making money. It's not like mm-hmm. anything that has to do with that. That was for the fans, you know. And that's the one thing I can say about Metallica is, is you know, it's all about the fans and, and doing everything we can, whether it's meet and greets. And, of course, you can't meet and greet mm-hmm. 30,000 people a gig or, or, or 10 or whatever, but... You know, we do the best that we can. But the thing about that gig with, with the Metallica 30 that blew my mind is, like you said, mm-hmm. you, obviously no one's making money, but it's something that's never been as large. Mm-hmm. Something's never been done before. Some right. crazy thing right. we've never seen. So really nutty. But like you had four shows, basically within the course of I believe it was six or seven nights. Right. And you did 80 songs. Seven, uh, I think Seek and Destroy was the one constant, and the rest was a different song. Right. So you did 77, 78 songs. Yeah. And what was the rehearsal process? I remember I saw you briefly. I did the Zach Wild roast, and I saw you briefly. I was like, "Dude, you're like, man, I don't even know what I was. Th- I don't even know what was going on. Like, how do you rehearse all of these obscure songs and the cover guys?" And well, you 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 really at, at that point you just got to dive into it, and um, you don't think about you know it's not like like how are we going to do this or what you know it, how possible it is. You just have to take it on. I mean, mm-hmm. and that that's kind of what happened when I joined the band because. 
my first gig was at San Quentin State Penitentiary, <laughs> you know, and, and then I think we jumped on a plane and went down to L.A. to uh, to film the icon. M- MTV Icon thing. So for me, I was just like a deer in the headlights. In fact, Ozzy saw it and he was saying that I look like a deer in the headlights, literally, because it was just this... this uh, this other crazy tornado universe that I had entered. You, you became an icon in one it, night. It, it, it was that <laughs> and was also learning. The funny thing was uh, we had done a medley of Metallica songs that mm-hmm. we had rehearsed, I think, maybe five days before, four days before. Um, so now processing a medley of songs and then not rehearsing them until you're performing mm-hmm. you know, is just crazy. But that's the kind of universe that I had stepped into at that time. And luckily I was prepared because I did a bit of homework. And I think there's a lot of trust prep. there too. They know Rob's going to get it. Well, You're it, a pro. And the thing is, if, but if you blow it, it's not good because you're blowing it in front of millions of people. That's true. In your and second that, gig. And that's, that's the world and the universe that happens, <laughs> you know, that I, that I jumped into right off the bat. Um, so Antarctica, you know, is, is to me just an extension of the journey, but a really great one because that is such a special place. Uh, you know, it's, it's really um, the, the earth as we know it, but in, a, in prime, pristine, mm. untapped. Untouched. You know, yeah, so, so beautiful. So how did you set up? Like, did you, was that an existing – I'm saying it, biodome. It, like it's a Pauly well, Shore movie, no, but I don't know right. what you call it. No, no. It, it, was, it was basically um, a uh, – uh, well, it's kind of like an, an oversized sort of igloo, mm-hmm. but it was clear right. you know, because so the, there's a lot of wind there. Mm-hmm. And then the temperatures, and we had heaters in there. So it's just kind of like a little makeshift, um, cool-looking, modern-esque tent. So you made it for the gig. So they, 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 whoever the scientists, yeah, the scientists probably put it together <laughs> for us. But, it, but it, it was, it was, uh, it was, it was cool because you can see the the areas around you, and you're playing in the elements. But at the same time, we didn't have amps. We mm-hmm. were playing. Everyone was on headsets, so right. you're not yeah. interfering with the natural surroundings. So you're not making loud noise to mess up the caribou yeah. that are up there or whatever. Well, yeah. <laughs> whatever it is. The uh, Yeti. <laughs> the Yetis, yeah, the Bigfoots. <laughs> Leave the Yetis alone, Metallica. Exactly. So, no, so you guys I mean, are all wearing headsets but, like we're wearing now, and that's what you're hearing? The- yeah, yeah, basically. But it was amazing because even the penguins there aren't afraid of man because they don't know to be. So oh. they come up to you and kind of wow. hang out. It was really cool. And the whales would come up, like, you know, three feet away, you'd be in these zodiacs, and they'd come up and swim next to you. And, and no uh, kidding. it was really special. And the, and just even things like icebergs, you know, these massive, incredible icebergs, uh, the incredible sculptures, you know, uh, just really. It's interesting people. that you said that the penguins came up to you and the whales came because they didn't know. They're not. They're supposed to be afraid of man. Well, penguins in particular, you know, it, it, it was yeah. They just kind of check you out, and they're like, "Wow, you know, who are you? What, what's your story?" <laughs> and I think, hey, "Hey, what's going on, buddy?" You know? That is unbelievable that you yeah. guys can say that you did that. I mean, what an experience that you've had, and that's something I love about Metallica. And you mentioned a little bit is that there's no rules for Metallica. You guys do whatever you want, you know. And and that's it's like if fans like it, you don't like it, we're still going to do this, right? Um, and even that's what you're doing now with with the, the the documentary you're making on, on Jaco Pistorius, Correct. which is such an interesting character because most mainstream people don't know them know him. Mm-hmm. But I'm a bass player as well. Grew oh, up, you know, Cliff yeah. Burton was my guy. Steve Harris. Oh, right on. But I would always hear 
uh, oh yeah, I could play like the first three Metallica records. At least I thought I could, right. except for except for like you know anesthesia, of course. But uh-huh. uh, I would always hear Getty Lee talking with Jacob Astorius, Jacob Astorius. But I never mm. really listened because that's jazz stuff. But right. um, obviously, a big influence on you that you felt moved to do a whole documentary on him that you right. wrote, produced, directed. Tell us about well, it. Well, produced. Um, uh, basically, I mean the the short version is is that. Um, Again, Jocko had massive influence on players like Getty Lee, uh, Flea from the Red Hot mm-hmm. Chili Peppers. Um, uh, Jocko also, it, I mean, he's been praised by uh, John Paul Jones from Led Zeppelin. And he's just one of those those players that comes around very rarely that that uh, is just really entrenched in composition. So he's very special on that level. But also he's a showman, he's a performer, so he's got an incredible stage presence, but then he's got a unique sound, like mm-hmm. Hendrix had a unique thing going on as well. Um, and I was fortunate to have seen him play back in 1979, and I saw him at about three more times after that. With so the I Weather Report? With the Weather Report mm-hmm. twice, and then he had a band called the Word of Mouth Big Band, and then he had kind of a scaled-down version, which were the party animals. You know, After a while, he had... you know. He, he couldn't mm-hmm. kind of tour around with the massive band, and, and and he put together kind of a makeshift version of it, which was pretty badass. And it was actually more rocking, you know, double mm-hmm. kick, and this guitar player, Mike Stern, who and this was This is like amazing. the late 70s? This was, at that time, that would have been in the early 80s okay. when I saw that. And I, But I did see Jocko in the late 70s, mm-hmm. so 79 and 80, the Playboy Jazz Festival. But that's the whole point of this is that you know, he he played on Ian Hunter's All American Alien Boy album, which uh, brought sort of uh, awareness to him. People like David Bowie mm-hmm. wanted to work with Came him. Came more mainstream. Yeah, and then he just you know, I mean, he did an incredible album with Joni Mitchell. A few albums actually. 1976 was a big year for him because he sort of came out of nowhere and he did all like I don't know seven albums or something. Was it you know like yeah five albums. And, uh, you know, Al Di Miola, who's just a yeah, full yeah, shred guitar player, played on, on, you know, on his album. And then he played with, you know, like Joni Mitchell, which everyone viewed as sort of a folkish kind yeah. of singer. But the, the music they made was really unique and special. So he had no rules. I mean, if you listen to the first solo album, there's a song called Come On, Come Over, which is super funky, mm-hmm. you know, like as funky as anything you've ever heard, you know, but then he'd turn around and he'd, he'd, uh, he'd play like a solo, accom- you know, composition with just harmonics, you know, Portrait of Tracy. So it's just really was well-rounded. Was he a direct rounded. influence on you? So, he, yeah, in yeah. fact, um, the Infectious Grooves was 100% inspired Jocko. by Jocko. Gotcha. I mean, that's, I wrote those songs with Jocko, sort of. What would Jocko do? WWJD, right? What's that? WWJD. What would Jocko do? Oh, what would Jocko do? <laughs> I mean, you know, if he was at the show again, he would probably jump in the slam pit and, and do his thing. But and, he had some mental issues that kind of led to an untimely demise, right? Right. You know, over time, you know, uh, back then people weren't aware of of, of bipolar disorder or, or things like that as much as they are now. So something that would have been preventable, you mm-hmm. know, with with uh, medicine, medications, or whatever. And that's why even I've learned so much from this project. I've learned to respect people a lot more, you know, uh, mm-hmm. even the like the homeless and mm-hmm. everything. Yeah, because he and lived just, on the streets for he, a, for a while. He, he did, and um, and and you know, it, it 
at the same time, you know, what what really I I was impressed by when I saw him play and his vibe. I mean, just like me, he grew up, you know, in Florida though. But I, you know, I grew up by the ocean. Mm-hmm. I surf. I mean, I love. I have mad respect for uh, the ocean, for mother and, nature. Yeah, and all that. And he was a, a connection to that as well. You know, he was always. You know, at the beach, you know, in the film, you see a lot of Frisbee because... Uh, <laughs> that was big in the 70s, yeah, right? Frisbees. He was really, really into <laughs> that and body surfing and all that kind of stuff, you know. So the connection through that sort of uh, existence, you know, just nature in general and then music. And, you felt the connection through and, music and, and through nature. Yeah, right? and, I, and I feel the same way, you know, in, in my lifestyle. But at the same time, some of the characters that I knew from skateboarding, a lot of that, we, we have an area called Dogtown, which is the west mm-hmm. side of Los Angeles. And um, a lot of those, those dudes were just incredible daredevils. They were, they were, they were geniuses on their board. And, and I feel like Jocko is like them, you know, like mm-hmm. Tony Alba, Jay Adams, all these guys, you know, they can be dangerous, they can, you know, but they're wild and crazy. And, and not, I'm not even just talking about on a skateboard. I mean, in, in general, life. In Did life. you skateboard? Yes. You're probably yeah. not allowed to anymore, though. Right? No, I, 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 my son <laughs> skates like crazy now, but I, I surf still. But all I, Metallica members not allowed to skateboard. I, I, I stopped skateboarding. <laughs> remember after James broke his arm twice, I think it was? He, that's there. right, he did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you felt this connection with Jocko, and then what, what made you decide, like, i got to get this guy's story so, out there? So um, so uh, about 19 years ago, I met his son, uh, Johnny Pastorius, the eldest son. Because mm-hmm. um, Jocko died and, in 85 or so? He died in eighty. Uh, Okay, yeah. and um, and and Johnny, you know, enjoyed suicidal tendencies music and and was a fan of what I was doing, you know. And um, I came through town finally with Ozzy Osbourne, and that would have been Fort Lauderdale. I came through, and we became really great friends. And the first thing I, I said to him was, you know, one of the first things I said, you know, your 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 dad, you know, people got to learn about mm-hmm. him and mm-hmm. know his story. And I mean outside of just the jazz community, I said, because, you know, I mean, so many players, you know, whether they're, uh, you know, a gospel musicians or, or heavy, metal, or whatever, yeah. heavy metal musicians, I mean, punk rock musicians, there's so many people that just uh, look up to your, your dad, I told him, and his story needs to be told. And yeah, 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 we're going to, you know, someday, someday. And, you know, long story short, you know, about five years ago, I jumped on board with him and another guy uh, by the name of Bob Bobbing, and we started working on the project. And uh, I guess it's pretty soon I sort of inherited, <laughs> you know, the production side of it. And uh, and uh, around four years ago, I connected with uh, my director, Paul Marchand, who uh, is really incredible. I call him a trench guy because he's been in the trenches in this project Mm -hmm. uh, for a long time. He was uh, involved in a film called Good Hair, by uh, Chris that he did with Chris Rock, which is hilarious. You fit in that category. Yeah, I do. <laughs> you got to check that out. Really great film, and uh, and uh, Big River Man, I believe. Yeah, yeah and uh, 
you know, it's it, so so having you know Paul on board, who's really incredible filmmaker, and uh, being able to bring this thing to life, and the journey that we've been on with this has been so. I'm assuming you probably crazy. called some of the guys like Getty, and, and you mentioned right. Flea. Are you calling them yourself? Say, hey man, can you do an interview? Or well, well what happens as a producer, um, you have to find a way, you know. Mm. So um, Getty, of course, um, I had connections through management mm-hmm. and stuff like that so had to sort of channel my energy and he's not an easy guy to get to you know uh, right i mean even though there's mutual respect but finally you know i think it took about a year and he once he gets to him they're like absolutely you of know? course and, you don't even know if it's going to even get to him at first right. it's going through the, the line of people right. first right yeah. yeah and he was you know just completely into it um who was the biggest I mean, name that you had well, Sting Ooh. was a was a biggie. That That's a good got. one. Yeah, Sting and Carlos Santana. Um, Carlos was pretty easy because he's his office is not too far from Metallica headquarters, and uh, and he's a cool guy anyway. So um, Joni Mitchell was was what someone? Yeah, she's huge. She's someone that came in in really in the last year. So over the course of five years, we thought at different uh, points during those years that we were really close to being done and then we realized for whatever reason something would get derailed in the project and um and now i know why and it's 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 almost like things haven't things do happen for a reason because in this last year you know we got Joni mitchell we got a, a lot of uh, never before seen mm-hmm. photographs from sony um, we, as the word is getting out about the project, so more people are coming. Right, right. right. And then a, a, an incredible. Actually, Jocko's favorite bass player was a guy by the name is a guy by the name of Jerry Jamat, and Jerry played with Aretha Franklin, BB King, mm. um, He's you one know, of those guys. Dwayne Allman, all these yeah. guys. You know, he that that film. Uh, there was a film made that's out right now called Muscle Shoals. Mm-hmm. Well, he was actually like the, the studio guy the, there the, the muscle shoals guy before those guys you okay. know I mean? yeah, yeah, he's yeah. he's like the yoda of that crew <laughs> and and he moved to la by coincidence you know a little over a year ago and people didn't even know if he was alive anymore mm. you know this guy's a legend wow so these are the treasures that came in just in the last sort of 12 or 14 months and it, and then once we got them involved in the production then we realized okay now we're ready mm-hmm. to be finished, you know, and, and at the time, you know, three, four years ago, you know, we would have, it would have been, it wouldn't have been as good. It wouldn't have been as good. Now. And then also, you know, we've also had a soundtrack. Um, we're having a soundtrack release later in the year with Sony. Um, but, uh, last year for record store day, uh, Omnivore put out a really great, uh, soundtrack, an album. Well, not a soundtrack, but an album. And that music is in, is feature is featured, in the film, but it was his demo recordings of his first album, and that was something that had been on, you know, sort of hidden away in the know, vault. In the yeah. vault, nobody right. knew about it, and all of a sudden, that became a reality. So all these treasures, you know, just in the last, you know, year and a half, and you and you've yeah. put up a lot of money for this, but you're also doing right. a crowdsourcing thing through through Pledge Music exactly. for people to to kick in for extra stuff, right. and that's. Uh, We'll give all the details of that, but you can get a Skype call with you. You can get a bass lesson. I mean, you really believe in this, man. This is a a passion project for you. Right. You know, a lot of people have stepped forward to be involved in the the crowdfunding, um, um, you know, campaign. Uh, Basically, yeah, I've I've, uh, invested a lot of money in this. And as you probably know, I mean, 
making films, documentary films as well, is really an expensive journey. You know, when you want to do it right and mm-hmm. of quality. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm a very ambitious person. I, I lead with my heart. So I'm just like, I want to die. When I get passionate about something, I want to dive in yeah. head first and just run with it. And um, and that's what I I have done in in this in this project over the years. And at a certain point, it was like, wow, okay, <laughs> I, uh, I do have I do have a wife and two kids, and uh, I, you know I always say, it's Rob, probably, send it's, more money. It's probably getting old now. You know, it's like I didn't write. Yeah, I didn't write Sandman. Okay, <laughs> that would not that would I wasn't on the Black Album. That would not be me. Okay, but uh, the Lulu royalties aren't as big as the Black Album royalties. <laughs> exactly. So so you know. Um, um, but the beauty of it is we're at the finish line now. You know, it, it's uh, it's we're not far off. So we're really just getting into post production. And when do you uh, want to plan and release it? Um, well, we're going to release it this year. But we uh, we also have, have been offered a few events and a handful of nice. film, film festivals. So we want to nurture those as well because uh, it's good to to have a film like this. Appear. And this is the type of story that like a Sundance would go for because it's a very, you know, jazz is a very kind of hip right. thing that the, the critics right. like. Yeah, but the thing is, too, is is when you see the film, uh, style of music becomes a non-issue right. because it's the story. Sure. And, um, and also when you see him, you go, oh, this guy, you know, he's, mm. he's like a, a Hendrix or something. Yeah. You know, he's, he's such a, an incredible, uh, um, you know, uh, genius of a, of, a, of a musician. No one's ever played like him. Either. Yeah, I mean, there's just, just you know, there's something that's really special about him. And then, and, his, and again, the life story is uh, is very, very important. So, you know, it, did it, did uh, you ever see the uh, Anvil movie? Oh yeah, I and, did, in fact, I want to, if I can say, I I, I connected with uh, with with Sasha. Okay. And Sasha Gervasi yeah, who's the director of that right. film. Right. And, and he and and and, uh, and we talked about my film. We also connected with Morgan uh, who uh, um, Spurlock? Yeah. No, no. Um, Neville. Yeah. Okay. 20 feet uh, from stardom, right? Okay. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. You know, Academy Award winner last year, we met with him and uh, and in, in even Sam Dunn, uh, I, I hung out with Sam a little bit. Did who, the Metal Evolution? Did, and, and, yeah, in the the Rush documentary, right. Cooper one, and yeah, Alice Cooper, the most recent. Mm-hmm. And everybody, you know, they're all Jocko fans, and they all, you know, advised me to a certain degree on, you know, getting well, involved in a film like this and in, in the route you would take, especially with the music connection as and well. And that's a good thing too, like you said. After a while, a good documentary is a good documentary. It doesn't really matter what the subject is. If right. you hook people, it could be about you know a florist. Yeah, you know, the, yeah, the craziest florist in the world, but it's gonna it's gonna grab you. Yeah, you know? it's funny because I remember Sc- Scott Ian's uh, wife Pearl. Um, you know, no disrespect to. I mean, I, I share with the world she wasn't a huge Rush fan, okay? <laughs> but uh, she saw the film that Sam Dunn made, and she absolutely not saying right. that she would, turned into a Rush fan, but she definitely enjoyed the movie and uh, had mad respect. For them, for the story, right? For the story, yeah. right? We're here with Robert Trujillo from Metallica, and as you're just hearing, uh, Robert's the producer of the upcoming Jocko Pistorius documentary. And Rob's used a lot of his own money to finance this project. It's a passion project for him, but it's such an incredible story that he's telling. He does need a little help to get it across the finish line, though. Uh, as we talked about, as we're going to be talking about, you can help Rob out by going to pledgemusic.com/slash projects/slash Jocko the film. 
Spellman. Jocko is spelled J-A-C-O. Pledgemusic.com slash projects slash Jocko the film. We'll have more details on that coming up. We got more stories from Rob, including his two-day Metallica audition, his update on the new Metallica studio record. So much more to talk about, but right now... You know who's living large at my house? My three cats, Mr. Mittens, Indy, and Snickers. And you know why? Because we switched them to Pretty Litter. Okay, so it's really me and my wife and my daughters who are living large, thanks to Pretty Litter. Because Pretty Litter's ultra-absorbent crystals trap odor instantly, so no more bad cat smells in the bathroom. Pretty Litter crystals last up to a month, so less cat litter box cleaning for all of us. And less fighting about whose turn it is to clean the litter box. I gotta deal with this fight every single week between my daughters. This makes it so much easier. Pretty Litter also ships right to our front door, so no more last-minute mad scramble runs to the store because we're out of kitty litter. And Pretty Litter has another cool feature that makes life just a little easier. It helps us keep tabs on our cat's health. It changes colors so you can monitor early signs of potential illnesses like urinary tract infections and kidney issues. It's easily the best thing we've done for ourselves and our cats in a very long time. Like I said, Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. Those are two big wins in my house meow. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. So go to prettylitter.com slash Jericho and use code Jericho to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash Jericho. Code Jericho to save 20%. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. All right, we're sitting here uh, in the studio across the way from uh, from Rob Trujillo. Now, you know, you, you talk about Jocko uh, being a big influence. When you were growing up, I mean, it's funny to me that you played in Oz. You played in Metallica with two of the probably the greatest bass players of all time with mm-hmm. Geezer Butler and Cliff Burton. Did oh, yeah. you grow up a fan of both those guys? Oh, yeah. You know, I, I, I'm, that's the thing about me. When I, you know, when I was a kid, I was uh, luckily, luckily I had parents that were at an age where they could turn me on to the Rolling Stones and Led Zeppelin. And uh, my mom was into Motown and James Brown and all that. So I was listening to all the, 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 the funk rock and all that good stuff. But at the same time, I had, uh, you know, friends that had older brothers that were into Black Sabbath. And, um, you know, and, and also then punk rock came into the mix, too. So I was embracing all that, that music of all styles. And that was a be- beautiful thing about the 70s is there were no rules. Yeah. So you could, you could go to... You would go to a, an Ozzy Osbourne show in the early 80s, but then that same week you'd go see Weather Report with Josh. Sure. You know, and or you'd see 38 Special Touring with Iron Maiden. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. I remember, you know, I, I, I didn't live far from the Santa Monica Civic Auditorium, and that's where I first, first saw Weather Report mm-hmm. with Jaco Pistorius. And, uh, and I remember seeing my friends there that were, you know, surfer skateboarders. I was like about 14 years old. But at the same time, you know, um, you'd see some of those same people you saw at the uh, Black Sabbath show, you know, the week <laughs> yeah, before, right. you know. Yeah. But that's kind of the way it was. That music, too, uh, you know, the jazz rock stuff uh, um, was very popular at that time. Mm-hmm. And and it was so it was a different sort of audience that could um, be chameleons. You know, you would sure. go into all these different shows. You didn't have any real rules to what you were supposed to, mm-hmm. you know, to, to go check out. I mean, I remember the, the bass player for Suicidal Tendencies 
Luigi Mayorga, and we're talking institutionalized, joined the army, war inside my era, head. Yeah. yeah, he was there. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I remember Jocko, you know, Santa Monica. Yeah, I was at that show too. So it was, it was just, that's what it was about. And music he, dudes were just music it, it, dudes. And he had that impact. I'm not going to say other musicians of that, mm-hmm. of, of, in the jazz realm, had that impact because they didn't, but he did. He had I wonder, that I wonder if Cliff was a Jocko fan. He must have been. He, he must have known of him. He's mentioned, yeah, I mean, I've seen that he's mentioned in the book. He was actually a Stanley Clark fan. And Stanley Clark was was some would say was a rival to Jocko, ah, but yeah. they were like best friends. But they were shred, you know, shredding Both fretless bass players, shredders. Well, right? well, well, Stanley wasn't a fretless player, but he brought the bass to the to the forefront, mm-hmm. and and he brought that edge and attitude in the in the playing, and in also in in the composition. And Jocko, you know, again, Jocko, everyone says, oh, fretless, but. He, of course, fretless is what he's most known for, but he did play fretted too. And he, mm. uh, you know, I mean, probably half the time he was on his fretted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, but, you know, those are the guys that, um, you know, after sort of the Jack Bruce's and, uh, and John Antwistle's, you know, and, you know, of course, Getty Lee throwing that mix too. But they were the, the pioneers the, of bringing the instrument. Well, know. and that's what you're talking about. Getty loves Jack Bruce. He loves mm-hmm. Jocko. He loves, uh, mm-hmm. you know, he loves those, those yeah. guys that yeah. you mentioned, John yeah. Paul Jones. So yeah. it's just a, a good player is a good player. Exactly. Yeah, right. Exactly. And then when you take the performance side and, and, and you know, and bringing that excitement, you know, it, that that's another aspect of – of being a musician, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. especially in, in rock. You know, and something that's never happened in rock that I always think about is it's something that happens in sports teams all the time. You're playing with Ozzy, Newstead's in Metallica. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, they yeah. traded, traded Newstead for, for, a minute. for Trujillo, right? For a, for a minute. minute, right? Yeah. T- t- tell us about that. I mean, you're playing with Ozzy. It's obviously a plum gig, one of the greatest gigs of all time. But right. uh, I, I want to ask you a question about that, too. You're playing with Ozzy. And I'm sure Sharon came up to you and you and Mike Borden have to re-record the rhythm tracks for Dire of a Madman and Blizzard of Oz. Oh, that, so, it was about 10 bass players that I think tracked. On, on oh, really? Think, yeah. So it wasn't just I, I, don't, I don't even know. Because I, 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 yeah. it was there and it's gone. Now, That's now a blur. It's, now it's back, though. Like, what a... How would you, is that like, have you have to paint a mustache on the Mona Lisa? <laughs> Did it feel weird? You know, I, I don't even remember because it was so long ago. The... Uh, you know what I can say about about that time was that you know number one, the nothing can ever replace the well, yeah, original of recordings. I mean the the you know uh, Bob Daisley is also a, a favorite player of mine. I Great mean he, he played with a pick, but I mean that guy. I mean it sounded like he's playing with his fingers. Super funky. Great fills. The too. stuff that he did, um, you know, with. Uh, with rainbow. rainbow actually i mean yeah. oh my gosh incredible you know um i don't know why that that happened at the time or the there's reasons. legal issues you don't, or whatever you don't ask you probably yeah. know more about it than I, than i do and uh and you know to me it's it's uh it's it's a blur, and I'm just glad that the that the original they're back, they're back, and that's the most important thing. But you're just like you're an employee for Ozzy, so it's like Rob, we want you to play these songs, and you play them. I mean, as any employee does, right? That's basically you, how it works. You know, you 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 uh, you do the best you can, mm-hmm. and, and I love Ozzy and Sharon, and, and I always you know again do the best I can for Ozzy and Sharon, and, you did and that's pretty much the yeah. you know what it is. Um, 
but you know i've been blessed in my life because i've uh you know like you said working with with ozzy mm-hmm. working with um you know mike muir and suicidal tendencies black label with zach yeah zach, in fact it's funny with zach um you know he i remember we were in new york on tour with ozzy and he actually goes i got a gift for you and he hands me this T-shirt, and it's a Jaco Pastorius T-shirt that he bought in, <laughs> in, in the street, you know, because cool. he was a fan, too. He loves John and, McLaughlin, too. And yeah, and he's, he's into all that, and Aldi Mule and, mm-hmm. and all the other wild stuff. But he, yeah, and he hands me this shirt. So it was actually, um, you know, Zach Wilde who gave me my first Jaco <laughs> Pastorius T-shirt. There you go, brother. Bottom line is, I want <laughs> you to have this. There you go, man. It's for you. Yeah. <laughs> Love you, brother. Wear it with honor. Father Robert. Father yeah. Robert. Yeah. So, so how did you find but, How did you hear about the Metallica audition when you're in Ozzy? Because that's a pretty damn plum gig, right? Well, um, basically, kind of weird thing. Uh, uh, Kirk, a, a mutual friend of Kirk's and mine, had reached out to me to take him and Kirk surfing. They were going to be rolling through SoCal in a in an RV. And Kirk wants to surf, and, and do I have any advice on local spots? I said, sure. Well, I'll take him. So we went surfing uh, for about a week. And, uh, and he, he and, and his crew from the Bay Area camped out in this uh, RV and, and, you know, like a down in Manhattan Beach, up in kind of Malibu area <laughs> we surf. And, uh, and it was really great. And the interesting thing is we didn't talk about music much. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were just stoked on, surf, on surfing yeah. and being in the ocean. And... Um, it's always cool too to meet another guy who's into something. It's because surfing's not the biggest pastime. Right. So you meet another dude. It's like you like surfing. I yeah. like surfing. Yeah, Let's we connected. Yeah. yeah, and he, you know, uh, and uh, he had been spending a lot of time in Hawaii, but uh, we so we we connected and bonded through surfing. And then literally, I don't know, must have been a year later or maybe a little less. I get I'm in I'm actually on a surf trip in Tahiti. And back then, you know, you, we didn't have the cell phone, so I'm just checking my voicemail. <laughs> the tape. And, and it's actually Lars and Kirk, and Lars like, hey, man, come down and jam. Come up and jam with Metallica, you know? It's come like, and jam with Metallica. You know, I think you had a few. Good for the show. Exactly. I think you had a few cocktails, too. But uh, So I, I remember I was arriving on, uh, I think that would have been on a Wednesday. I was coming back to California on a Friday, and on a Saturday, I was going to Mike Borden. Mike Borden was the drummer in Ozzy's band at the time, drummer yeah. for Faith, Faith and More. And a good friend of Cliff Burton, too. Great friend of Cliff Burton, yeah. a great friend of mine. You know, I mean, he's sure, the, bandmate. He's, he's the godfather of my kid, you know, okay, yeah. Ty. So, you know, we're really close. And I would always crash out is at his house when I would go up to San Francisco, you know, for whatever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, you know, I'm going up there for his birthday, and Lars finds out, and he's like, oh, that means you can come and audition on Monday, you know? And I'm <laughs> like, uh, okay, I'm, you know, flying in on Friday. I'm going to San Francisco on Saturday, and I'm going to audition for Metallica one day <laughs> later. It's like, oh, man. Yeah. But um, uh, interesting uh, side note to my audition, it was a two-day audition. The first day, I was sort of a fly on the wall, which was really interesting and strange. And I'm talking about from like 11 till 11 at night. How do you mean? Just, just kind of hanging around. Okay, gotcha. You know? Yeah. It's like in the control room. You know, Were they out. auditioning other guys? Or no, just... no. Each, each, each bass player had their day or gotcha. two days. Gotcha. Just to hang to see what the vibe yeah. is as a dude, right? Because, you know, yeah. when, when, you're, when you're joining a band, you have to... You, what's one thing to be able to play the material, but oh, yeah. you have to get along with 
Hey, dude, the players. The hour on stage is fine. It's the other 23 it, hours that you it, have to put up with each other. Exactly. That's more important. You know, that's really important. Yeah. So, you know, um, at the end of the night on that first day, uh, Lars is like, hey, man, you know, let's, uh, let's go grab a cocktail, you know. And I'm like, okay, yeah. I mean, we ended up hanging out and drinking until about a few five in the morning. <laughs> I just do two? What's that? Just, just, yeah, just he and I hanging out, uh, listening to some of the new stuff uh, at the time. And, uh, and, and, and it was cool in one way because he's a Viking. The guy's a warlord. And back then, he, you know, <laughs> he was just, you know, when he needed to, he could turn that on. And, and, right. he, and the funny thing is, 9 in the morning, the dude's up and he's on like a treadmill or something. <laughs> I mean, I'm like in pain and my head's pounding. So, so it's the Tuesday and I got to play on this day. And that was back in the day, the era when they had a guy called Phil Toll. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they were the doing, doctors. Yeah, and, and I'm just, my head's pounding. And, um, and I got to play. You know what I mean? You're a doctor. You got any medicine? And I'm just like, this is, I I don't even know if he's a doctor, but (laughs) but at the time I was just thinking to myself, oh man, what did I do? And, you know, and that's when, so when you see some kind of monster and you see me wearing that brown Armani t-shirt, that's not my shirt, man. That's (laughs) Lars's shirt. Where (laughs) was your shirt? (laughs) Well, it was probably in my car, dirty and smelly from vomit on it. (laughs) But, uh, but you know, so I always laugh at that when I see that one scene where I'm playing. <laughs> I think I'm playing Battery or something. And now, did you know Battery? Or did you have to study it? Well, well, I I knew some of the Metallica songs just just from uh, you know everybody every bass player in mm-hmm. in you know in heavy world, metal right? music knows some Metallica, and that was a, a song that I, I I knew fairly well, but. You know, once you get there, they want you to play, hey, play Sad But True or play this or that. And you start kind of improvising through some of that. But I think what was important to them was the feel mm-hmm. and also, you know, the person. You know what I mean? So the feel, they, they, they were they were impressed with the feel. They talk about the monster too, about how you play with your fingers. Oh, yeah. The, which was uh, something that Cliff did. Yeah, fingers were, you know, were, I guess, more important to James, you know. Why um, is that? I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's different, you know, fingers, there's a certain attack and a feel and, um, a dynamic to the sound or the flow of a finger Mm -hmm. player. But then the, you know, I play with a pick too sometimes, not, not, I don't play in Metallica with a pick, but I mean, you can play with a pick, you you know, I'm not a good pick player, you know what I mean? I, but, uh, pick is cool too. So it really just depends on, that feels so tight and chunky. You would think that you gotta be locked in with him, right? You gotta, you gotta lock in. Yeah. But the good thing is, is again, it's sort of trial by error. Like when I first joined the band, there was so much galloping, you know, yeah, like, like a battery, battery, a lot of, a lot of galloping. So right away I had to sort of revamp and re re retool my, uh, my technique, you know, because if you're looking at Steve Harris finger, finger technique, it's Mm -hmm. a little bit, not sloppy, but it's a little bit more open. Whereas with Headfield, if you've got the gallop, you've got to be in there. You got to be in the pocket. So um, I, I immediately I had a lot of adjustments that I needed to make, and uh, um, you know, it, it, which is good because I always like a challenge. It's funny when I worked with Jerry Cantrell, um, I had to go the opposite direction. I had to actually learn to play simple. And uh, Jerry is, is an incredible composer, and you know, he, his bass lines, you know, a lot of the stuff Moody. that he comes up with, yeah. it's all mood. Mm-hmm. Each note. Is is like a statement, right. but it's a statement in simplicity. Um, Sting's yeah. bass playing is like that too. 
probably it's, it's very very tasteful yeah. you know there's a lot of guy like I, I was just saying the other day to james we were messing around with a, a kind of a slow little jam and uh it was, it was just him and i and, and and it was it's like you have to get yourself in a certain headspace because it's like the note that you're playing you can't hide anything mm -hmm. i mean it's you know it's for just, a slower it's jam. rings yeah. and it's all about the dynamics yes how you're um you're hitting that note and and you know uh it, it's like you're hitting it too soft whatever you know there's and it's something that you really have to feel when you play uh slow material mm. you know um a song like day that never comes i mean that might have been the hardest song for me to play why is that on death magnetic because of the simplicity because because each note the way it rings out you know the the choice of notes the mm. phrasing you know what you you play something melodic in there you know, it's got to be right to fit when in When you there. track those songs, do you come up with all the bass lines and, and, or does James say, I want you to try this? Or do you say, here's what I got, work together I mean, on it? Yeah, I mean, we, we you know, whenever uh, we're, uh, you know, being creative, you know, we're, you, you, you're playing your instrument. As mm -hmm. a bass player, you know, I do what I do. And, uh, I mean, that's why I'm, I'm there. Why well, you, you got know? the gig, they, yeah. They want me you know, <laughs> to do what I do. Um, ho hopefully it's up, up to par, you know, but uh, it's, it's, it's mostly that, you mm -hmm. know, you, you take command of your instrument, but not without with, in saying that too, you know, any type of song that, that you create, you know, if you have an idea in your head or whatever, you can, As the songwriter, you yeah. can say, you know, but collaborative, mm -hmm. you know, whenever it's anything's collaborative, you can always uh, suggest anybody mm -hmm. can. It's funny because, because back in the old days with the infectious grooves, you know, we would jam. You know, jamming was gonna become the song. The jam That's how you was the, the song. song. Yeah, it was like you that's know, how the Peppers do it too. Yeah, and, and really capturing uh, the moment. You know, was always that. So, you know, for me as a as a player, you know, I just feel that again. You know, going back to feeling blessed and and honored to work with uh, my heroes mm -hmm. and good friends. You know, all across the board. I, it's I don't know. I've been fortunate in that journey. You know. When I got the call to to join Ozzy's band, um, when I found out that Mike Borden was going to be playing, uh, I was just like you know beside myself because he was my favorite yeah. drummer at the time, you know, and uh, you know so it's, yeah, I've been I've been uh, very. When fortunate. did you When did you find out that you had the Metallica gig? Like later that day, or did they take some time? No, it took time. I mean, it it, it was so long ago. Like, that guy's really. It's going to be twelve years. Yeah. I mean, it's twelve years coming up in February. But uh, they were um, saying that guy's really good, but he's hungover. <laughs> well, that <laughs> he's wearing I mean, a brown shirt. Even, even after that, I mean, after you had to the, come back again. No, after oh. that is when I, you know, but it, but it was a few months. It was a, it oh. was, a, it was, it was some distance in time before it, actually got on stage at San Quentin. There was. You know, there was what were you time. thinking? It after? wasn't like the next. It wasn't like the following week. Okay, you <laughs> know, go. I'm on stage with, in San Quentin. What were you thinking after your audition? Did you think you did good, or were you just another just another day? I I was thinking I did the best I can. Find me a, a bed because I need to sleep. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and, uh, um, and who you cares know, what happens? You know, I was I, again. I was just uh, honored and pleased that I was asked to mm -hmm. come up and play. I mean, it, and that's all you could ask. Did for Did you get situation. any like clues at all? Did you ever like? email Kirk and say, hey, what's up, dude? No, okay. no, 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 nothing like that. Just left it alone. I kind of feel that uh, in life, for the most part, you know, it's like you, you, 
you got to just do the best you can and be the best you can. And, right. And, and whatever happens. Go from there. Happens, yeah. What did uh, Ozzy say when you told him that you had the gig? Um, was it hard? No. I mean, he. I think it's always hard. Um, but uh, he, if I remember correctly, he actually called. I think I still have the voicemail tape somewhere. <laughs> and a lot he, of voicemail tapes uh, in this interview. A lot of voicemail tapes. <laughs> you know, I go in my storage and I go, oh, wow, look at this. It's a box you know, set let's someday. Open, let's listen to it. <laughs> no, he he, um, he congratulated me pretty mm-hmm. much. You know, in, He, he in knew that way. it was not bigger and better things, but it was a hell of an opportunity for you. Yeah. He did the same with uh, with Mikey Inez too when he got the gig with Alice. He said, right. you, know, you got yeah. to go do your thing, right? Yeah. When you were learning the songs for Metallica, what were the hardest ones to learn for you? Um, hardest ones for me, let's see, because there are a lot of hard songs in Metallica. Because well, Cliff Burton's style is deceptively... I mean, yeah. there's a lot of hard stuff lurking underneath this. Because the first couple of Metallica rivers aren't really produced very well bass-wise. You hear but, it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'd say... Uh, you know, with Cliff, he's to me. It's like a, there's there's sort of a, a spectrum there. There's the classical influence. Mm-hmm. There's the attack and the attitude and the edge of the punk kind of side. Mm-hmm. You know, which is very very there, very apparent um, in a percussive element because you know he hits the strings pretty hard. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So. So there's that the edge of that technique as well. I was found um, his, his bass lines were lurking but, under the surface like a big shark. It was, yeah, it yeah, well, come up a bit, you know. It's kind of like a you know like martial arts or something. Yeah, bam, 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 bam. yeah, and then disappear. Well, it's like Getty Lee, you know. Getty's, uh, you know, he's his technique is very strong as mm-hmm. well and uh, in, in in very punchy, but also uh, melodic, mm-hmm. you know, and a lot of that melodic. Uh, um, sort of uh, terrain, I think that could be inspired in a lot of ways by a lot of those players that we're talking about. Right, with Jocko you know, and it, Stanley Clark. Yeah. What, what, uh, was there a certain Cliff song that was harder for you to figure out? What, like, what the hell is he doing here? Um, you know, I mean, if you take a song like uh, Battery, for mm-hmm. instance, you know, the, the amount of gallop mm-hmm. in that is very physical. especially during the guitar solo it's crazy you know, yeah yeah it's 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 tight and um and it's relentless so you you have to build up your stamina mm-hmm. especially live because we tend to to kind of speed things up a bit so mm-hmm. so um it, it's just you know like anything you know you just have to to get used to it and eventually it it will feel comfortable or more comfortable sure you know what were the differences between playing cliff songs and playing jason songs the song that's basically recorded with a pick is there a different technique that you have to use or um or you just do your thing you know it's a a lot of the stuff that bob rock produced was uh you know a a bit more um uh, obviously groove is very very important on those songs like black album songs Mm -hmm. but then uh just really keeping it fairly simple and Mm -hmm. uh and in that sort of style, you know, with Cliff, as we we're talking about, it's, it's a little bit more aggro, um, but tight. You know what I mean? So there are di- they are different styles. With I still play with my fingers even on mm-hmm. on, J- on the on the black, black album material. Series, yeah. But the great thing about what I can say, I'm pretty proud of in being in, in uh, Metallica these years is is being able to to play. You know, like the Black Album in its entirety. Mm-hmm. You know, songs that were never played live, right? Like Struggle within, you yeah. know, and, uh, and you know, there was yeah, never was, played that live. Yeah, yeah. 
um, there was about three songs on that album. And then there was even like Orion. You know, we play Orion a lot now. It's it's kind of an active it's become song. A, set. The, yeah, yeah. It's become and that, a highlight. And that was a song that hadn't really been played years before. And that's a, that's a Cliff like trademark to Yeah. And Dyer's Eve. I mean, Dyer's Eve was a song, uh, you know, off, off the Justice album, Justice for All. That was a song that had never been played live as well. So the fact that here we are, you know, age 50 and we're, you know, attacking these uh, really some fast of these tunes. Well, yeah. you we're know, just attacking songs that hadn't been attacked. And, uh, and, and in a lot of ways, I feel that, um, that, that, you know, challenges us and, uh, and it, and it actually makes this unit a better band, you know? And well, I love the fact you, know. you guys change up your set list every night. That must keep you Keep your eyes open. Yeah. Keep your eye on the ball. Stick on the ice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Know? So, you know, and, and and that's the beauty of it is uh, is you know we keep things exciting and um, you know it can't even help it. You know, it, it, it seems to always be that way. You know, keep just, we have fun doing yeah. what we do, and you have to, and we get along. You know, you know, you know what? I, I, you you remember this? Um, it was one of the first or second night of the 30th anniversary. And you had uh, Apocalyptica, mm-hmm. the the cello guys, right? And there was some kind of an issue with the cello. Remember that they couldn't plug it in, and it wasn't getting sound, and right. it was like, dude, like five minutes and ten minutes and you started playing anesthesia oh yeah (laughs) that to me was because like i said look when i was a teenager i learned you know kill them all in those tunes but Mm -hmm. uh, those album that album and and right but but anesthesia you can't play that no one can play it and you started playing it it was it was great was a very uh as you recall it was a very uncomfortable moment it was uh it was like how many more jokes can uh, james tell about these finnish guys yeah cellos yeah and, and it was like packed house at the Fillmore, and the show was going great. And surprise, surprise, surprise! And it was starting to be a buzzkill. People were right. starting to murmur and lose right. interest. Yeah. So, what was your what was your mindset? I better do something. Yeah, that, I mean, that, <laughs> that was my mindset. Basically, I mean, I can't add much more to that. It was just one of those moments where it was like something needed to happen. And, uh, and, and had uh, you played it before? I mean, ever? I mean, I I think again, uh, most bass players, and I could be totally wrong. I mean, we we. We learn what we like for the most part. <laughs> if it's not too crazy, you know. So I knew enough of it at least to get, <laughs> get, <laughs> get a, you know, get get a few, to, get a couple minutes out of it to calm the angry mob. Yeah, <laughs> I think you even went to the fast part, Lars. You got behind the kit, and you guys jammed on that for a bit too. Yeah, um, you Whatever know, I don't remember. I think, I think, yeah, he might played a couple measures of the beat. I don't <laughs> In remember. my mind, it was perfect, Robert. Oh, thank you. Perfect. Okay, well. a couple more questions. First of all, uh, what's your favorite song to play uh, live um, with Metallica? And also, what was your favorite song to play live with Ozzy? Okay, well, okay, Metallica would be, it depends, it varies night to night, but I think overall when I see Disposable Heroes on the list, Ooh. I uh, I enjoy that song very much. So you show up at the venue and Lars has made the set list, I assume it's Lars, and oh, it's up on the wall? Yeah, it depends, you know, it, it, uh, the set list definitely isn't put together till the night of the show, mm-hmm. but... um. But that song is always fun, and, and the reason is is because I love the groove. It's got a, a real Great funky, beginning. funky feel when yeah. they go into the pocket, boom, boom. to the rhythm. Yeah, Do-do. and then there's, uh, and then it goes fast. Yeah. So there's all these these shifts in there, and, and I enjoy that. Um, and uh, with with Ozzy, I'd have to say. <clears throat> I enjoyed playing Believer. Mm. Um, Believer is a really nice groovy tune, and Sweet Leaf was always oh, fun. Oh, always a good one yeah. too, right? Did Ozzy ever switch up the set list, or was it basically 14 songs for the tour? We we kind of centered the, the show. Uh, I mean, they changed a couple here and there, but overall it was uh, very consistent. 
Okay. Yeah. Upcoming plans with Metallica? Just, just you know, working hard, you know. Uh, writing. Writing. Everyone's on your case. When's the new record coming exactly. out? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. It just, comes out when just it's Be ready. patient. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I've been talking to Lars about doing the show. He says, I'll do it when the new record comes out. I said, so when is that? Like, he goes, probably about 2020. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Last thing of all, you know, I mean, have you heard, do you know this wrestler called Roman Reigns? You ever heard of uh, him? No. Well, dude, he looks just like you. Oh, I've heard about him. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen Are you this? friends with that guy? Yeah, oh, yeah, cool. yeah. It's funny, and this is a true story. When he first came in, because he's only been doing this for about a couple of years, as soon as he came in, I said, I like that guy. He looks like Rob Trujillo. Oh, I like really? him already. Oh, cool. He's a, he's right. a Samoan guy, but he's got oh. the same hair, same face, little goatee. Right little, on. Yeah, I've seen you. Know, I've, a couple of people sent me. Uh, yeah. yeah. There was actually something on Loudwire that said if Metallica made a movie, who would play who? And they had Roman Reigns playing the part <laughs> of Robert Trujillo. Right on, man. Robert, it's great talking cool. to you, man. Jocko Pistorius is the guy, and uh, Rob's doing a crowdfunding. Funny pledgemusic.com slash projects right. slash Jocko the film. It's going to be amazing and it's great to talk to you, man. Uh, Thank you. Get a chance to sit down. Next yeah. time we do Metallic, I'm not sitting in Lars's cockpit. I'm coming your side of the stage. All right. Yeah. Come join me on my side. You know. <laughs> we have fun over there too. <laughs> Less people, but uh, <laughs> more fun, more room. You can see, you can see better and uh, a little bit of breathing you room. Got, you got beverages over there? I can get some. Okay. Done. Yeah. I'm yeah. there. <laughs> All right. When you're ready to buy a car, True Car is changing car buying forever. Yes, True Car. Car helps car buyers get rid of the fear that they might overpay. Every day, True Car users receive negotiation-free guaranteed savings, and True Car users save an average of $3,221 off MSRP. When you're ready to buy a car, just follow these three easy steps. First, download the True Car mobile app or go to TrueCar.com to find out what others paid for the car you want. Then register to see upfront pricing information and lock in your savings. Then it's the third step. Very simple. Take your guaranteed savings certificate to the True Car certified dealer for a better hassle-free car buying experience. Now some features are not available in all states, but with True Car you can save time, save money, and never overpay. Never overpay. To see how much you can save on the car you want, simply download the True Car mobile app or visit True TrueCar.com today. Go do it now. Talk is Jericho. Thank you so much to Robert Trujillo from Metallica. What a cool guy, laid back, SoCal surfer dude, and one of the greatest bass players of all time. Absolutely very, very cool to have him in the studio. And listen, I want to see this Jaco Pastorius documentary. I want to help him finish the documentary. I want you to do the same thing. You go to pledgemusic.com slash projects slash Jocko the film. They've got some very cool giveaways depending on your donation level. You can donate and get a 30-minute Skype call with Robert. Talk to him about anything you want. You can donate and get an in-person bass lesson with Robert at the Henson Studios in Hollywood. That's pretty cool. I might even take him up on that. Like I said, I used to be able to play every uh, Metallica song up until Master of Puppets. I could do it. I still know how to play uh, Trapped Under Ice. Listen, go to pledgemusic.com slash projects slash Jocko the film. They're trying to get the whole film finished in time to release it for Record Store Day in April. So kick in what you can. And much like Talk is Jericho, sometimes there's guests that you don't know, but you trust me and you listen to the guests and you love it and you realize that there's a whole new world out there. If you are a musician, a metal fan, a rock fan, and you haven't heard of Jaco Pastorius, this documentary, this story is one worth telling. I want to see it. 
Robert wants to see it. So if you got any belief in, in Metallica or Robert Trujillo, uh, trust him and then throw in a couple bucks. Trust me, throw in a couple bucks, whatever you can afford. We want to see this film get made. It's a passion project for, for Rob. And now it's a passion project for me as well. Pledgemusic.com slash projects slash Jocko the film. All right. Another passion project. Fozzie headlining the Cinderblock Party World Tour 2015, continuing on with the Dirty Youth from the UK. We are starting March 4th in Belfast. Fast. We got a lot of shows in a row. You ready? Five, Cork, six, Dublin, seven, Nottingham, eight, Wolverhampton, nine, Manchester, ten, Glasgow, eleven, London, twelve, Bristol, thirteen, Exeter, fourteen, Southampton, fifteen, Brighton. Finally, a day off. Then we head over to Paris on the seventeenth. Eighteenth is Pretelln, Switzerland. Nineteen, Munich. Twenty, Mannheim. Twenty-one, Bochum. It's fun to say that Bochum. You get the, your phlegm worked up in the back of your uh, of your throat. That's all in Germany, uh, France, Switzerland, England, Ireland, Scotland. I want you to come check us out. This is our big biggest uk tour yet if you've always wondered who fozzy is live and haven't seen us live now is your chance you go to fozzyrock.com you can find out all the information about all the gigs get tickets and the vip packages for the best vip experience you will ever ever have come on down we want to see you and for those of you that live in this country if you're in the philadelphia area you got a chance still to go to rfvideo.com and get your tickets for the monday night wars debate the great debate bischoff versus pritchard with jericho moderating this sunday Sunday, January 25th in Philly at Dave and Buster's on Columbus Avenue. It's Royal Rumble weekend. This debate will be over in plenty of time for you to make it to the Rumble. So you need to do both. Trust me, if you're a wrestling fan, if you're a fan of a great conversation, of a great live experience, the great debate at Dave and Buster's in Philly this Saturday, uh, uh, 1 o'clock is, is when it starts. You can come do a VIP experience with me at 10 o'clock. Come say hi. Come meet me. Get your stuff signed. I'll be uh, shaking babies and kissing hands, doing what I got to do. RF video com for all ticket and VIP information. All right. Thanks to all of you once again for joining me. I know there's millions. Yeah, millions. Probably not, but there's getting there. I know there's hundreds of thousands of podcasts to schwaz from, yet you continue to schwaz mine. You know, I appreciate that. Uh, thanks to all you guys for doing your shopping through my Amazon links. I appreciate that. Easiest way to support this show so I can keep doing it for you for free for twice a week. You know how to find my Amazon link. Say it with me now, podcast1.com. You click on the Keep Our Podcast Free banner at the top of the page. Eh? Then you click on Talk is Jericho. You see all three of the Amazon links in the UK, USA, Canada A. Every time you do that, Amazon kicks back a little cashola to the show. So we keep doing this for you for free for twice a week. No extra fees or hidden challenges. You're just getting shopping done. Help me out in the process. All right. Thanks to Rob Trujillo from Metallica. So, 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 so excited about uh, all things that are happening with them and happening here on Talk is Jericho. Uh, that's it for this week. But in the meantime and in between time peace love and hugs stay hard stay hungry uh stay heavy and on friday i got a very special guest but i haven't recorded him yet i haven't tracked him yet so i don't want to say who it is just in case it falls through but trust me this guest is huge and you will find out as soon as i get the the interview in the can signed sealed delivered i'm yours you will know exactly who it's going to be all right so stick with me check me out on talk is jericho on the twitter and a big yeah boy to that you can download new episodes of talk is jericho every wednesday and friday at podcast one.com that's podcast one.com <laughs>